Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. I'm in the airport, uh, and there's going to be a lot of background noise, so I just want to get this recorded and get it done out of the way. Um, I'm headed home from Atlanta, Georgia, after a very wonderful week uh, at DevNexus. What an amazing event. I am so glad to have met everybody who turned up for the, t- the show today and took photos with me and all that. Um, Today's episode is the wonderful Jose Omar, who uh, talks to us about, among other things, uh, cool features like Loom and uh, and uh, you know, Project Panama and so on. So, my friends, enjoy the episode. I'll see you next week, by the way. If you're at DevOps France, I'll be there. If you're at Kotlin Comp, I'll be there. Uh, I'm doing a double header with Trisha Gee speaking at the Utrecht Java user group as well next week. So, uh, you know, if you miss me this week, I'll see you next week. It's been a beautiful time. Wait, we gotta get the, there. There's the one, the, our guest of honor. I, I hope people can hear. I don't know. Let's see. Um, let, would you let us know, people, if you can hear us? Just like, you know, hi from Dev Nexus. Both of us. If you can't, if you can't hear us, then we need to do something. Well, they only need to hear you. <laughs> like, I add very little to the conversation. I'm just glad to have you here. Uh, it's rare. It's a treat oh, to have you, you here. Um, it's an honor to be part of the show. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, look, thank you. Okay. Are, okay, good. So they can hear us. The the hard part's done. I did my part. Now <laughs> I'm look. I'm so happy you're here because well, first of all, it's been a while. I haven't seen you in. Well, we saw each other. I think at the uh, at, at Java One last year. Yes, we met at Java One. I remember that. But that was only in that was in the Java Champion thing. I mean, there's like a roundup or something. I don't know. It was a yeah. There, there was a, there was quite a lot of people at Java One, and it was uh, nice okay. to be. To, 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 to meet all the people in the community. Yeah, uh, yeah, great show. Like, yeah, I, I missed Java 1 uh, because... That would be so great to have the Java 1 we used to have like 10 years ago. But uh, I'll take any version of it. Any Java one is good to me. Things have changed. <laughs> yeah, well, it was still it was still very it was still very beautiful because you were there. All these people that we know, yeah. you know, and I, I as I get uh, when I first started in the community, I felt like I did not belong here. Like I was invading somebody else's party, you mm-hmm. know, like they, they were going to find me and kick me out of the party. Uh, and, and now I still feel like that, but nobody <laughs> kicks me out, you know? And, and, and so every time I get, I get a little thrill mm-hmm. every time I see people that like you and uh, yesterday we did at the speaker's dinner. Yeah. All these amazing people that we are lucky to have known for so long, you know? Uh, and I just feel so grateful. I feel but I, I guess it's the same for everybody. I mean, yeah, but that, that, that's what's wonderful with this community yeah. of, uh, of people is that it's super welcoming, super inclusive. Yeah. I mean, any, anybody is, is relevant there. Yeah. Uh, they are top-notch, world-class experts that are coming and also local speakers, local people. And it's just so great to, to, to see that everybody can speak to everybody, to yeah. everybody else. And it's just a bunch of conversations, super Super interesting conversation. Very interesting. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that you get <clears throat> these really smart people that I would have to pay a lot of money to learn from yeah. in a regular, if I was just at the office, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get your time, right? I wouldn't get I, smart I'm, I'm people like sure you. I'm not among the very smart people. I, people I disagree. I think you're one of the very yeah. smart ones. Okay. And, and there's a lot of other people like that in the community, including, by the way, our, uh, you know, Bob Lee who passed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that was another brilliant person in our community that I just felt. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always felt like I was lucky to get time with yeah. him, to learn from him, you know? 
Yes, uh, it's, 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 it's the sad news of, uh, of today. I mean, terrible. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, I I'm, I guess what I'm saying is after COVID, <clears throat> I had a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I always felt happy to see people. But before COVID, uh, I always thought, well, I'll have next year to see them again. Yeah. Or even later this year, you know, I'll have more chances. And then COVID and it's now, you know, years not seeing anybody. And I, there was a time where I was like, maybe I will never see these people again. Maybe the world will become big again. And we'll never, because before it was small. I could get on a plane and be anywhere at any time. Yeah. No, no matter what. So now here we are at DevNexus. Great show. Oh, yeah. Huge show. Awesome. Java One. Great show. Yeah. Lots of great people. Right. I mean, I love that. I love that more than I did before the pandemic. Uh, Maybe we discovered the value of meeting in person because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we did, uh, on the one hand, all these online tools are now really progress so much. Yeah. They, they are super great. And uh, all these Zoom teams, everything. Right. Everything is super great. And it's really great to interact with people through that. But meeting in, peeps in person again. is Makes the, it more important. Uh, absolutely. I think that the more we meet online, the more we, we realize how valuable it is to actually see people connect with them also it it makes it so that okay you're right 100 i also think we have done more to make it so that when we are in person we don't waste that time mm-hmm. so before it was very i worked at a company many years ago where we would go to the office have a meeting at like uh eight or nine no nine eight nine in the morning mm-hmm. for one group of people it was like a phone call it was like an hour-long meeting okay every day mm-hmm. and then we would have two hours or an hour uh hour and a half then 11 30 we'd have the same meeting again but for a different group of people okay different time zone so as developers every day i lost two hours on these stupid meetings these conference calls it was just a waste of why did i come to work i'm not writing code i'm not doing anything i'm not helping do i mean it's just rehashing the story of what happened yesterday and for some reason there's a hundred people on each of these calls. It was a nightmare, you know? Okay. It was a waste of people's time and, and, and energy and enthusiasm. It makes it mm-hmm. so you didn't want to go to work. Uh, and, and now I think when you get people in the room, as expensive as that is, you don't waste their time with stupid redundant meetings, you know? You want to fully maximize that time with them. So yeah, this conference is a great example of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a community-driven conference by the, wow. led by the, the people from the Atlanta Java yeah. U group. And they are just a bunch of you know, great, great guys and girls. Right. It's, yeah. It's just awesome to see how this conference is. Uh... Well, you you and I were yes, one hundred percent. You and I were you were just you and I were just talking about uh, how big uh, DevOps France. Yeah. And DevOps, DevOps in general. Uh, DevOps will be uh, next week in Paris. Paris, and so you'll be there. Uh, I, I definitely. Yes. Yeah. I, I will also there. be there. Yeah. I, I, I live like two blocks. <laughs> not, not two blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Very close to to Paris. So. I live in the suburbs of Paris, so yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm sure that. I wouldn't miss DevOps once for, for anything. It's a great event. Uh, yeah. Thousands and, uh, of people. Yeah, and there, there are. I, I heard that there are close to three thousand people attendees, wow. plus the sponsors, plus everybody. So that's going to be a massive event. Massive. It's probably one of the biggest as as of now. It's probably one of the two biggest conference in the world. In the world, yeah. it's, it's held in French, which is even more bizarre. It. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Not even in English, <laughs> and uh, yes, I think the second. I don't know if it's bigger or not than DevOps Belgium, but DevOps Belgium is over five days, and they yeah. over three days. DevOps Belgium is still probably the biggest one, yeah. but 
definitely the center of gravity. It used to be, you could say, uh, Java, the community Java was... Java 1 and DevOps version. Yeah. It used to be the two most important. DevNex is also, it used to be. Also, yeah. But we used to have OzCon here. Yeah. And Java 1 used to be much bigger before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. so you could say there's a lot of Java community in America yeah. and a lot in Western Europe. You know, there's, it's all around the world, but the conferences, yeah. they seem to be in those places, you know. Now, you know, we have Spring 1, which is very big now. We have mm -hmm. Java 1. Uh, last year was quite nice. Uh, and we have DevNexus. Yeah. But we don't have OzCon. Uh, we don't have, uh, I just, it feels like the, all the good shows now, most of the good shows are in Western Europe. We've got the DevOpses. Yeah. Which is one of them is in Africa. And we've got, it, it looks like the, the conferences in Europe reopen big, big faster than uh, than in the us oh yeah yeah and uh, now in europe things are i would say back to what it was before pre-covid yeah yeah it feels like <clears> this it feels like the this. energy last year in belgium yeah. was it was just like like five years ago six years ago yeah. it was just great yeah um and then you've got java zone you've got yeah j, j focus you've got uh, uh j focus was great also go to you've got uh yeah. all, all, uh, all the all the all the major conferences in europe thousand plus but they're all huge yeah so yeah. And one of the reasons they're so big is because Java is better than ever. And one of the things it's doing <laughs> really, really well, one of the things that it's doing really well is innovating. It's delivering new features. Yeah. One of the big features that I'm really excited about and, yeah. you know, coming soon, and I'm hoping maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, uh, okay. is, is Project Loom, right? Oh, all right. Okay. Like, Let's talk about Project Loom. Yeah. Loom is... Loom is great. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> First thing, oh, Loom wait, is great. Wait, before, I, I actually put it in the title. I yeah. said... Your name is, uh, I put your name in Java Champion. Tell okay. the audience who you are. Oh, well, so my name is Jose. I've been around in Java. Well, I started working with Java right at the beginning for, for several reasons. Uh, I'm not at Tiong. That's one of the reasons right. <laughs> I could do that. Um, and uh, I've, I've been starting to do conferences, etc. but a little more than 10 years ago, I would say maybe 12 or 13 years wow. ago. I was, uh, my first experience with the community was the Paris Java user group. Uh, I, I, uh, just went to the to the to the talk and I, I I've really had such a super experience with the with this community. Yeah. I would really encourage everybody if you if you just want to connect with Java people and have technical conversation, find a user group close to your home. Absolutely. And if you don't have one, create one. It's not that hard. And it's it's just so so rewarding to do that. Right. And I I don't you know Antonio Goncalves? So of course, he's, he's the Paris guy. original one. Yeah, absolutely. He's the guy who created the Java user group in Paris. Yeah. It was the first jug in France. And after two years, I think that there were so, something like 20 plus jugs created following the model of the, of the Paris jug. So it really triggered something. Yeah. And uh, that thing became became probably bigger than when, when it, when it first expected. Yeah. And this is just great. And this is what drugs are about. You create something and it begin, becomes bigger than what you expect. And if they do it really well, like I think in, in France, they're pretty connected as well, right? The, uh, yes, we, we have, um, well, we have, yeah, we, we, we talk to each other. France yeah. is not such a big country. <laughs> right. So, so it's easy to, to meet with people. Right. So not all places do this. I love the one in, I love the model in France. I noticed yeah. I can, if I talk to one person, they can connect me with others and yeah, make sure I can we, schedule stuff. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, and all these drugs, well, of course, COVID changed oh. many things for Jugs. Oh, yeah. Are the Jugs back? Most of the Jugs are back, yes. Wow. Sometimes with new people, yeah. with new team, which is great. Which yeah. Is normal and great. And uh, yeah, and we'll have a bit of a feather, buff session at DevOps once with the Jug leaders. Oh, well, oh yeah, of course. Next week. 
So, so I, is anybody in the, because we have a lot of folks who join us from Europe. I wonder if okay. anybody online, are you planning on going to DevOps France sure. uh, or Kotlin Conf? I'm going to Kotlin Conf as well next week. Okay. Uh, or just DevOps Belgium, anything. I, you know. well, DevOps Belgium would be uh, November. I think uh, Stefan wants to, to do it earlier than that. After, right after the summer, maybe it was. It was uh, previously. It was in November, right? And then he moved it to October this year, and I think he wants to do to do it like end of September or something. Okay, so right after the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, after the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. That's smart. So, this is always so cold in Antwerp around November. It's so cold. Yes, but it's part. It for me, it used to be part of the mood of of the oh. Okay, you bring your big jumper, your big jacket, <laughs> right? There is snow outside. <laughs> uh, he says he hopes to go to Simon says he hopes to go to DevOps. Okay, so we okay, got at least one great. person we can meet there. Great. That'd be wonderful. I the it, the cold is my least favorite part. Now they have Uber. Mm -hmm. So that that's one of my least like, the other thing was there's no easy way to get around before and they only take euros in the taxis. Yes. But now true. you can use Uber Uber. <laughs> well no, you can use cards now over during COVID. Oh, yeah. Most things take cards now. And now you can also do Uber in that city as well. Antwerp is not that big. You can also go go around by foot and take the tram. Yeah, uh, it's the experience of it was always miserable for me. Okay, the the people I loved, mm -hmm. I love the people, but for me it's always been cold, dark because it, it, the sun sets very early and it rises yes, late. But when when it's cold outside, it's it's even more pleasant to to go in a pub or to go in a uh, restaurant. True, but then I'm wearing <laughs> these big jumpers and I'm sweating in the beer cave beer cave or whatever. I just uh, I. I feel always happy every time I go to DevOps Belgium. It's weird to say Dev DevOps Belgium. Why? Because it's, I mean, it is DevOps Belgium, but it's just DevOps. It, it used to be it DevOps. Just, but, just be De but then DevOps France was created, and then yeah, the UK, UK, and then Ukraine, and then Morocco, Morocco yeah, yeah. Greece, and that's going Poland. to be for the first time Poland. Hello, Alexander. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I, lo I, I agree. I know why. I, uh, and you know, I'm a DevOps champion. Okay. Did you know that? No, me, and, uh, me and me uh, and uh, Laurent Doga. Okay. We are the only two DevOps champions. We did. We spoke at every DevOps in oh. one year. Right. In the same year. In the same year, we spoke at all events for that year. So we did it twice. I did all it right. twice. Oh, great! Uh, Congratulations. So it's not. <laughs> it's not something you should. I, I I even did DevOps US, the one time they had it. Okay. The one they had one in California. Well, do you that, remember that? Yes, I do remember. <laughs> That, that's going to be harder to uh, to talk again at DevOps US. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen again. Oh, he said it's slated for 2 to 6 October this year. Okay, so that's good. 2 to 6 October. Okay, thank you. A little you. bit warmer, not too. And people will still, they'll have, because you don't want to go right after the holidays because people mm -hmm. are going to go back to work and they don't have time for more vacation yeah. or more fun, you know? So that gives them a month. Okay, good. So Loom is... So yeah, Loom. Uh, you know, after after Java eight and Java nine, the local modules and stuff, many many projects have started to to, to be created, and uh, people have started to work on that. And uh, Loom is one of them. Yeah, uh, there are other projects like the Yammer project for pattern matching, Valhalla for value types, and all these these projects. Now that they are, they, they work so much on this project, they are starting to deliver deliver stuff. First, as preview features and incubator features, this is how the JDK is now working, and uh, and and Loom actually started de delivering stuff about a year ago. Yeah. First, early access, then preview, then incubator features, and right now, so Loom is about it's a new concurrent programming model for the JVM, mm -hmm. for the Java platform. Uh, concurrent programming is a super easy to understand topic. Everybody loves that. Right. <laughs> 
my students used to love my course on <laughs> right of course yeah yeah because <laughs> that was by far the easiest one sure yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you have a a, a a nice race condition bug in your application oh, no. this is this is the kind of bug you prefer to, to have this is the worst to have to fix and i think yes. everybody has an opinion about it even if most yeah. people don't do it right absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah well jokes aside yeah. Uh, is a tough topic. Very. But it's also super important because it basically runs absolutely everything. Yeah. Uh, any kind of web server is is built on top of threads on concurrency. That's the thing. That's the. Even if you're not writing concurrent code, you're using you're you're absolutely. part of the servlet API. Yeah. By definition, you're part of a thread. Yeah. Or something. Exactly. Right? exactly. And uh, uh, if you don't know that, it's probably okay because most of the code doesn't have to take care about that. Right. But if you know it and you really understand what you're doing, that's probably better. Right? No. Sure. That's that's better. So, well, even there. I mean, do you remember? Uh, I was just mentioned the servlet API, but actually, the, with the old the old EJB containers, yeah, there are specific rules. You're not supposed to start your own threads. Absolutely. Right, because you're you're participating in somebody else's thread coordination. Exactly. And, you and can uh, create issues for the EJB because they are transactional. Mm -hmm. The thread that you're running in is actually. A, taking care of the transaction right. begin and commit for you so you need to be a little careful if you launch another thread and right. you're not in the transaction anymore right you can have big problems big problems yeah so like you know the applications are working you know loom we i think so, yeah we saw the news recently yeah so it's, there are three parts in loom the first part is browser threads right that's an, a new thread model the second part is called structured concurrency that's yeah. an api but by the way virtual threads are also an api yeah and the third part is uh, the scope values and that that's a model the new model for thread local thread local variables yeah. thread local like variables i would say okay and uh the if there's one idea to remember at loom is that the virtual threads are not an expensive resource anymore a virtual yeah. thread is a thread the virtual, there is a virtual thread class in the JDK yeah. that is an extension of thread. So it's everything you can do with the thread can do it with the virtual thread, including race conditions and uh, deadlocks and all these kind of good things. And um, is there a boolean to check if it's a different type? Like, how do I know I'm using a virtual thread? In, in, a, in a, by, by checking the class. But your code doesn't need to do that. The, 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 the API is taking care of that for you. Right. But if I say current thread, if I say thread that current thread, will I get back? Current virtual thread or the carrier thread? No, the current thread, the virtual thread. Okay, and uh, you will not see the carrier thread actually. If you if you break your virtual thread with an exception, yeah, you will not see the carrier thread. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, magic, but but interesting. Yeah, it starts at the this class called continuation. Right. This is this is where the, the stack trace uh, starts. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> so, so the carrier thread completely completely hidden. So the carrier thread is just an operating system. So ask at that point, or do you even have the thing in Java somewhere? It's uh, so let, let, let's go back. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> one step because I don't know if uh, everybody will understand that. A virtual thread is a thread, yeah, that is meant to launch to, to run tasks. All right, it is executed on top of a carrier thread and it can be unmounted from this carrier thread and kind of backed up in memory, yeah, when this virtual thread is blocked. So that when you block a virtual thread. Actually, this virtual thread is removed from the carrier thread to the heap memory. So another virtual thread can use this carrier thread, which is a platform thread, uh, to be executed. So the, the carrier thread, the platform thread, is actually never blocked. It never blocks. All right. So that, that's the big thing that Loom brings uh, on the table. 
and it's completely it's, it's not new I, I was about to say it's completely new it's new for the java platform it's not new because there are there is one actually one other language that does that and that, that has been doing that for years which is called erlang yeah and, and and that's that's the only one there's no other language that is doing that go is kind of doing that but not in the same way they have uh, as channels well as and tasks they have channels that is not, yeah it doesn't work exactly in the same way yes it's, it's different with so yeah um the oh i lost it wait 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 okay sorry so, so basically creating a platform thread it takes about in the order of the milliseconds right and it will you have an allocation of about 20 uh, is it 20 no two megabytes of memory up right. front to start to, to store everything you need so on a on a regular regular machine regular server, you can have several thousands of platforms. Well, yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, Which is so several thousand compared to like a few hundred maybe if mm -hmm. you have enough RAM with regular today current threads. No, 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 no. Today current threads you oh. can have like between three and four thousand on a okay. on, on a thirty-two gigabytes machine. Right. right. All right. If you multiply the, the amount of memory by two, it will be it will be maybe maybe six thousand, seven thousand. But that, that doesn't make much of a difference. No, yeah. Okay. A virtual thread uh, eats up about a thousandth of memory of a platform thread. So it's it's in the order of the kilobytes rather than megabytes. And it's going to in the order of the microseconds instead of the milliseconds. So you can basically have a thousand times more virtual thread than you have platform threads. Wow! So you could get so, close to a million. You you can easily. you can uh, when when I'm doing demos and I'm going to show that tomorrow here. By the way, Dev Nexus. Yeah, Dev Nexus. Get on the flight and come here for that talk tomorrow, <laughs> right now. Or watch the YouTube video. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, watch the YouTube video. But also, you should come here. It's fun. You can meet him. He's great. Yes. Yes. You can. You can come here. We have to coffee together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so you basically can launch easily a million thread on a machine in like several seconds, and run them and do stuff with them and block them well, on your machine. Let's talk about it's that. Just okay. Yeah, that's the question. Blocking. Yeah. If I do, um, if I do thread sleep. Yeah. Is that, is that a block? Yeah. Okay. Blocks, so, so what if I do? I calculate Fibonacci up to a million. That that that, that does not block your virtual thread. Okay. So what? Is defined as blocking. If I if you if you have uh, in-memory computations like parallel streams, for instance, yeah, running a parallel stream on top of a virtual thread is useless because there is a, a virtual thread is running on top of a platform thread. So right. there is a little overhead in running your task sure. in a virtual thread because you need to create this virtual thread. Even if it's not that expensive, it's still an overhead. Right. Right. So if you are not leveraging what virtual threads are, are doing in the right way, in the, in the best way. That is handling blocking in a uh, non-expensive way. Right. Then there is no gain, no benefit you can you can expect from uh, from using virtual threads. If you if you have parallel streams, just run them on top of platform sphere, and that's fine. Right. Okay. That's fine. You, if your machine can do that, then and if it's what you want to do, do it. Do not use virtual threads for that. You will not gain anything. You you will you will pay the overhead and you will not get any benefit from because it, is it because it would they would ultimately be using the same carrier thread yeah anyway absolutely. and so they're going to serialize yeah absolutely so there's okay. no way but if you're blocking 
then because you have this but so what is blocking like blo blocking you're you're just waiting for for your your you're running a ta your task is a is a http client and right. you're just uh, launching some some kind of server request on the web the, this server request will take in the order of the millisecond to come yeah. back to you sure you, 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 json document json object will, will take I yeah. don't know, 10, 20, 100 milliseconds. Okay. And your CPU is running in the order of the nanoseconds. Right. So you have a factor of 1 million between the time it takes to, to get this JSON object and the time it takes to actually make it a, a Java object if you're running a Java application. Right. And you don't want to, so your, your blocking is, is about that. You can do thread.sleep, but that's for the demos. This is what I use for demos. So Fibonacci. Fibonacci doesn't doesn't block. Well, Fibonacci it, it is, takes a long time in the CPU, yeah. Yes, but your CPU is used during that time. Okay. Your CPU, if you if you check your, your CPU usage, you 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 would be you see it close to hundred percent. Right. That's percent. what you're talking about. You're saying yeah. not busy on the CPU, but exactly. still sitting in the thread. If you not absolutely, up. if you if you're if you're blocking a, a platform thread because you have an HTTP request that yep. takes one millisecond to come back. Right. Then your CPU is doing nothing. But you still have this thread that is sitting there, eating up megabytes of memory, right? Eating up time, and and using a core of your processor. So your your scheduler will have to move this thread from another core yeah. back and forth and check if everything. Okay. Another thing. Yeah. That that you just described making a request and getting some bytes back, yeah. waiting for the bytes. Okay. That's true with today, mm -hmm. Java I/O input stream. Yeah. Right. If I do while read line. While next byte, you know, get the next byte, okay. not equal negative one. That's mm -hmm. blocking, right? Yeah. I'm waiting for the next byte. The next byte might come in a minute. Yeah. And I have to, my thread is stuck waiting. Absolutely. But today I I, I can use the very complicated mm -hmm. non-blocking asynchronous I.O. Yeah, absolutely. Today. Loom mm -hmm. fixes this situation. So right? Loom fixes this situation because blocking a thread in Loom becomes cheap. Okay, that, that's that's the most important thing to understand. Right. If you don't get that, then you can't understand the rest. Okay. Blocking a thread becomes cheap. So why would you try to avoid blocking a thread if it doesn't cost you that much? Right. Okay. Why would you pull virtual threads knowing that actually creating virtual threads is not expensive? Right. You don't need to do that. Right. You need to pull platform thread because creating a platform thread takes one millisecond. So that's a lot. That's a lot of computing time. Right. So you need to pull them. You don't want to kill them. Just have to recreate them in a in a next few minutes. All right. So you, you keep them as a precious resource. Right. Now virtual thread is not a precious resource. So if you need a virtual thread, you just create it, and once you're done with it, you just let it die, and that's it. So if I do input streams, if I do input stream read, yeah, and it takes five milliseconds. Mm -hmm. Does the runtime detect that and move that to the background? Absolutely. All the Java NIO API yeah. has been. Hopefully, this is what you're using to, your, yeah. to do your IO operations. So all the Java and IO API has been rewritten uh, to, 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 to leverage that. And NIO it, or IO? NIO. Okay. The low-level Java IO API, you shouldn't be using it anymore. Right. I mean, the basic writer, the basic input reader, input writer, stream. input stream. Don't use these classes anymore. When you want to create an input stream, you need to use files.new, input stream, output stream, Buffer reader, buffer writer. Okay. And if you check the source code, you will see that it actually creates NIO resources oh. instead of IO resources. All right. And it's mapped to the interface for input stream and output stream? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's new. I don't remember that. That's new to that, me. That, that's from Java. Files. Dot six or seven? No, no I, know, <laughs> I know NIO, but there's a files. Dot 
Yeah, there's a yeah. price factory class that has been added a while ago. Okay. Customers went really need to check that. Uh, I, I knew. And there, there are there are factory methods in it to create write, reader writers right. and put stream out to stream. And all these implementations are actually built on top of NIO. So th these these are the ones you should be using. Okay. What about, but they're mapped to the Java IO input stream and output stream? Yeah, that's wow. it sounds an input stream or an output stream. But, and the implementation uses NIO channels and yeah, that's cool. Is there a similar thing for sockets? Server socket and socket? I'm not sure. I'm not really a network guy, so I can't really tell you. I, I probably, say, right. yeah. probably, I would say. So if I use those. Take that. So if you, use, if you use that, everything is ready. Nice. Basically, all right? Everything, everything that you use is already... Uh, I would say loom friendly, yeah, loom ready. So if uh, if the system detects that you're running in a virtual thread and that your IO operation is blocking, it will trigger this mechanism of backupping the stack of this virtual thread somewhere in the heap memory. And when the signal comes that the data is ready, take this heap memory wow. to the to the <laughs> put it to the carrier thread. Uh, that that's magic. That is really, sorcery. Yeah. Wow. Seen from the outside, it's just incredible. And and the fact that well so you know Go has something like this yeah but they started with it from mm -hmm. the very first version they always had it yeah to do what Java is doing twenty seven plus years mm -hmm. later and to add it and make it so backwards compatible <gasps> wow that, you know that's that's phenomenal the, 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 if you check the pull requests of uh, the first merging of Loom in the in the main JDK branch yeah it was uh, uh, close to hundred thousand modifications <laughs> source code oh. Oh, that, that, so guys, if you already yeah. made some kind of pull request or uh, how do they call that code review for pull request, right. <laughs> all right, one hundred thousand lines modified. <laughs> Good luck. See you next week. Too much. <laughs> um, so that that was a massive. Uh, there, there are many many things that have been changed because of that. All the APIs that that needed to be Loom aware have been changed. Uh, there are even uh, issues with people that are calling native code, and some of the APIs of the JDK were calling native code, so it has been removed. And there are, there's an example in the method class because the method of invoke class was calling native code. The garbage collectors have had to be rewritten also because when you have some portion of the stack that are actually in the heap, then the garbage collector needs to know that because it needs to check this portion of the stack to do to, to its job. So they have been rewritten. And uh, wow. and there's more to come because because virtual threads are actually an API. Uh, there are going to be more optimization that are going to be done once they are released as a as a final feature. Well, so okay, that's so released. We just they just targeted it. The JEP I saw so, was updated just a few weeks ago. Yeah, the JEP was updated a few weeks ago. So I would say that it's on track to be released as the final feature for the JTK twenty one, which is a long term. Which is an LTS release, yep. so yeah. and scheduled to be released in uh, September. Not even six months. <gasps> no, it's not even six months. Wow, not even six months, and uh, and uh, we will know if it makes it as a final feature probably in June or something, May or June. Fingers crossed. I know what I want for Christmas. You know. Like... <laughs> All I want for Christmas is Virtual Threads. Yeah, yeah. Is that, Loom. That, that, was, that was the song. Oh, Loom. Yeah, yes, you're right. All I want for Christmas is Loom. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So you, you've got this thing that is simultaneously very, 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 uh, it imposes a significant change yeah. onto the code base. And yet for users, it's transparent. It, almost. There's some, I noticed that like some very small 
for 99.9% it's yeah. transparent. But I know that, for example, if you're doing uh, synchronized blocks around input and output, so that's going to be a problem. The, 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 the problem is that you need to make sure that this virtual thread can be moved from the platform thread to this heap memory. Right. Now, the problem is that Java can call some C code or some assembly code or code written mm -hmm. in other languages. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if in the block that you're calling, that you're moving, you have other languages. And in C, you know that, that in C, you can get addresses on the stack, right? If you have an int variable declared within a function, right. you can get the address of this i variable, of this int variable, which right. is not possible in Java. Right. So because of that, if you, if you somewhere, you have an address on the stack and you move the stack to somewhere else and you, you move it back somewhere, uh, then your your the pointer is no longer valid. Doomed because yeah. this pointer will no longer be valid. So the solution that has been found is that if if the, the if, if in the call stack you have native code, then this virtual thread is pinned to the carrier thread and cannot be moved. So oh, blocking 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 a virtual thread becomes the same as blocking a, will will block the carrier thread okay. in the end. So. Uh, and in uh, the synchronized, but the way the synchronized block has been implemented 25 plus years ago, there is not that there's native code, but there is some kind of native uh, stuff that has been added to store actually the thread waiting um, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the synchronized block. Right. Yeah, five thread waiting that are stored in, in an array, which is actually an address in the stack. Okay. So if you have synchronized block uh, and you want to use Loom, the first thing you need to do is do nothing and see if it's actually a performance issue in your application. You mean right. remove the synchronize or leave it there but do nothing? Do nothing. Just check, is it an issue or not? Because most of the time, if, if in the synchronized blocks, you're just doing some kind of update of an in-memory variable of a right. list of a map, something, then, then don't touch it. Just yeah. leave it as it is because it, it will just go through the synchronized block in several nanoseconds, so you're not going to lose any any, any time. Yeah. Now, if in this synchronized block, you have a blocking operation that will block your thread for several milliseconds, like yeah. a network operation or a disk operation, then you may consider doing something because that is going to block your carrier thread and you don't want that to enter void. I see. You see? So you, you really need to be very precise and, and see what is this synchronized block doing. And if if you if you if it's really an issue for your application, then what you can do is replace the synchronized pattern by your by your lock reentrant lock pattern, which is right. basically the same. It does the same, but in an API way, and there is not this native stuff that is that is used, and then the the, the, the your virtual thread will not be pinned on the on the. So I, the advice that I had heard was avoid doing input and output in a synchronized block, but you just generalized it to actually. Just the, anything with JNI is probably yeah. an issue. So, yeah. what about now? This is an interesting thing that I suppose we'll have an answer for later, if not now. Mm -hmm. What happens when I'm doing Project Panama inside of a? If, you, if you're doing JNI, basically you're do, doing JNI to call some native code. Right. All right. In the native, I mean, even if you're not doing it, the JVM cannot know it. Right. Okay. And it doesn't want to take the risk to break your application. So, it will uh, just be safe that's fair and, and pin the virtual side on the platform side wait so if, if what do you mean if you're not doing it if you're not using addresses on this side oh okay so anytime you have a jni dispatch so you can have jni in the code base but as soon as you call an object if it sees you're going to call an object that has yeah. native you know pub, public native void whatever 
it uh, it will clean the bottom okay. but but that, that's not necessarily a, I mean that's a good thing the the, the worst case scenario is same that you, you will have the same performance as before yeah you will not it's just that you will not have the benefit of using loop in 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 that in that particular use case so most people don't have native code this is going to be a great I, like i said it's a, it is transparent for 99.99% you know yeah uh, so then that's that's the reason why people are focusing on synchronized bug because synchronized bug you have synchronized bug in your applications yeah much more than that it was absolutely uh so okay that's and that's the that's like you just upgrade to hopefully you know fingers crossed keep a a thought in your heart you upgrade to java 21 existing code is i mean uh you might need to change your thread pool mm -hmm. to you create a new virtual thread every time instead of yeah the, there there is an executor service for that yeah if you check the executors factory class there is a new virtual thread pool virtual thread for xls to launch blah 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 right. method so that, but basically where you could take an executor before, you can now take another. You just swap yep. out the executor. Exactly. For Spring apps, there's a callbacks for Tomcat and things like that you can yeah. use to plug in. So for with very, very for, little change. For, for, for Spring app, I have that on, in, in a demo I did and I plan to do it tomorrow. There is basically one line of code to write. Uh-oh. It works. Yeah. Out of the box. That That's just amazing. <laughs> and I mean, Spring, Spring is it's not the only framework that is loom ready or or at least where people tried loom and hopefully reported bug when it didn't work and right. changed their code base it didn't work it's the same for tomcat it's the same for Elidon, it's the same for jt yeah it's the same for uh, vertex yeah. it's the same for quarkus i mean all the big frameworks that you're probably using uh, already checked if loom is working for them and, uh, well of course because the loom my team guess is... my guess is the, the, the answer is yes the loom team has been preparing people yeah for half a decade, right? I've been, we've been talking about this before, since yes, before the pandemic. Yeah. Long, long time. They've been yeah. very good about forecasting. Hey, here's the new build. Here's the new milestone. I mean, smart publishing people. early access version. Very good. Getting feedback from the community. This is one of the longer, you know what this reminds me of? You know, remember how many years it took to get uh, lambdas? We had like several different attempts over a decade. Yeah, lambda, <laughs> lambda was, was a different situation because there was the, the, the the, the moving of the team from a Sun to a Oracle, Oracle, and it was these were trouble times. So I'm just saying it, this one, it's been steady progress yeah, from the same team, but yeah, but it, but because it's so delicate mm. and has to yeah. be done so very carefully, and they've done such a great job, it has taken a while. But that's okay because people never felt like they were going to be surprised with a breaking change. It was all very easy to see. So Tom uh, Spring, you just mentioned there's one line of code. There are some places where you might want to plug in a custom executor there are callback interfaces but for the you know we expect that when loom arrives we'll mm -hmm. have a, a release of spring after that that just does it by default okay. right it'll plug it in okay um uh, or at least it's a property in spring boot or whatever what, 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 normally when you're doing concurrent programming there's yeah. very little chance that you're interacting with Spring directly hopefully yeah you, you're not supposed to do that since java 5 and that was uh, java Yes, Java yeah. 5, and that was in 2004. Five. Yeah, okay. All right. Long time. The Java util concurrent pattern, you are supposed to use executor services. And if you're doing that, you just need to switch from one executor service to the other. Right. And you don't touch the rest of your code. Right. And it should right, work right out of the box. That's the, this this is something that people can actually try right now. Yeah. And uh, Early access already. Yes, early access, preview versions, whatever. Just, just give it, if you're in that case, just give it a try and see what yeah. it gives. I have. It's it's amazing. Mm. Um, 
for for we we actually published you know we have people that work on the Tomcat project yeah who are we the spring team they you know they're part of VMware right okay uh, not all of Tomcat is part of VMware but I'm saying we have people that some people that work on Tomcat we sponsor them okay uh, uh, and uh, we, one of them is Mark Thomas he just published an amazing blog uh, a few weeks ago mm -hmm. saying look like take your existing code swap out this one little executor yeah your existing Tomcat servlet code nothing special done to you know, it's a typical Spring MVC app, basically, but it could just be regular servlets. Uh, and your performance is now on par. Your your scalability, actually, it's it's not yeah. the performance; it's the how many requests I can handle per second. That is now on par. It's it's at the level you might expect if you were using something like Reactive or Vertex or yeah or whatever. So for free, just for free, you just upgrade to Java twenty one or whatever version it arrives in, hopefully yeah. twenty one, and you get this amazing amazing result and it's like it was just such a great blog to see because it's like it's free it's free win yeah that, that, that is actually that is what what java is about yeah you move from one version of the jvm or from the one version to the api uh, of the api from the other yeah and you get free performances you remember that the the string class was wrapping uh, an array of chars really is it, now is now wrapping an array of bytes Oh, wow. So because you have so many strings in, a, in an application, odds are that you're just decreasing your memory footprint by a factor of, I don't know, oh, right. two, two, that would be a lot, but probably 1.5 or something. And you don't, you don't, need to, you don't even need you to recompile your code. Right. The interface just is the same. one version to the other, and that's it. <laughs> the implementation. I love it. It has been like that for 25 years. Yeah, every time. Well, even, even the just-in-time compiler. Yeah. That just, wasn't in just one time compiler, Java garbage character, everything. Yeah, yeah, that was the the, the just in time compiler was not there in the first version of Java. Mm. So there was a time where you were interpreted, then you upgrade, and suddenly you get native code for some of it. Yeah, for free, you just update. I mean, it just blows my mind, you know, with Go and C and whatever. The performance you get is fast, but it's the only performance you will ever get. Yeah, you cannot. You have to recompile the code to get new improvements. You yeah. know. The... By the way, people, if you're on the if you're on the line. Uh, we we're still talking. I if you have any questions, oh yes, with please. this if with this expert, with this uh, you're an advocate over at Oracle. You're a teacher. Yeah, I work for Oracle of, now. Of uh, computer I've, science and uh, I've been uh, doing that. For... Java champion alumnus. Just uh, you know, please. People are saying nice things, but I want to make sure they get a chance to ask. That's oh, it's odds you without the cup of coffee. Yes, I'm sorry. This cup of coffee is so precious that I don't travel with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Simon. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just want to put that out there. Okay. So okay. Loom. So we talked about the the uh, virtual threads, which is to me, that's the free part. Okay. Yeah. And that's 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 you take existing code, get a win. There's a new thing. Yeah. Which is not which you will get a chance to use, which is the programming model. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk so, about that? So absolutely. So there, there is a, also a new programming model that comes with it, which is called structured concurrency. Now, structured concurrency is not a new thing neither. Yeah. People have been talking about that for years. Uh, and the idea is that because virtual threads become cheap, cheap to create, so useless to pull, cheap to block, the idea is to stop writing asynchronous code. Okay, so I know that there are many people that are, oh, um, I love my asynchronous code. Actually, asynchronous code is hard to read, very hard to write. Uh, no. pro probably, probably uh, easier, easier. Actually, that, that, and that's very powerful. It's probably easier to write than to read because when you're in your problem, it's obviously right. I need to do this, I need to plug this callback, etc. It's 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 hard to debug. 
it's hard on next to impossible to unit test, and it's also hard to profile. Right. When you when profiling you, and testing, debugging is a problem. Yeah, being absolutely. But now, are people happy with it? I guess they are because many people are using it. And uh, and uh, is it okay to use it? And do you get good performances out of it? I guess it's the case also because if it was not, then it, was, it wouldn't be. Well, I think you could say you get good performance, and sometimes people are not happy with it, right? Yeah, it, you know, it achieved the goals, but it it a cost that sometimes people are not willing to pay. Yeah, exactly. Which they didn't have but, to. But I mean, asynchronous programming is a thing as of today, so people are using it. Now the the the. the Loom is also bringing a, a new functional programming model that is based on a, a specific object that is called the structured task scope. Now, maybe this name will change when it makes it in, in a final release, but that that's the main that that's the main object. And this object is, is you could see it as some kind of uh, executive service that can accept tasks, returns future, and create virtual thread to execute your tasks. But you can do much more with it actually yeah. than an executive service. Uh, you submit your task, you have a fork method, fork, 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 fork. Right. send your task to this stuff. It will create virtual threads on the fly and execute the tasks. You call join, join will block, but blocking is cheap. So it's cheap, so that's you okay. Don't need to be afraid. <laughs> don't need to be afraid anymore. <laughs> all right. And then when, when you have all your results, you'll just process your results in a normal way. All right. <laughs> now, there's a big difference. The actual big difference between an executive service and the scope object, well, there are several big different, but the biggest for me is that an executive service holds platform threads. Platform threads are expensive, yeah. expensive to block. So you create this executive service when your application is launched. Right. And it stays alive until you shut down your application. So yeah. it of your application. I don't know if there was glitch in the I saw glitch. So it actually shows the life cycle of your application, right? Yeah. Whereas a structured task scope is created when you need to, to launch your asynchronous tasks, all right? Yeah. And you shut it down when you're done with it. Why? Because it creates virtual threads and virtual threads are cheap. Right. It's always this, we, it always tends to be the same idea, right? Yeah. So it's a very short-lived object. Uh, that is, by the way, auto-closable also. So you, when you close it, you're done with oh, it. Oh, you can do try, parenthesis, parenthesis. Yeah, absolutely. Sa same for executive services, by the way. So executive services have, have been made auto-closable in the day 20. Okay, so that, great. That's already a final feature. And, and, and that's it. And, and, and if a structured uh, task scope uh, creates another, if one of the tasks creates another scope object, and then another one, and then another one. All these scopes over there are organized in a tree-like structure, yeah. and they know each other. Okay, so if you shut down one scope object, one structured task scope object, it will automatically shut down. Yeah, the shutdown will cascade to it will to everything. Is this what happens to futures? If I get a regular future and call dot get, is that you get okay? so you 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 get when when you focus us, what you get is the future. And you can use it as a regular future. Right. There are new stuff on the future. Computable computable future. future. You can make it a computable future if you want. But computable future is really for classical asynchronous programming. Right. So it's so really, you... there's no need to use that in Loom anymore. Right. Um, uh, when, when you get your results, you just process it in an imperative way. Right. But can I call dot .get? Yeah. You that, can... that blocks, but it's not expensive, right? That, that, that blocks, but it blocks a virtual shot, so that's okay. Oh, that's what I've always wanted. So I can, <clears throat> I can any method that in Spring, 
you can return a future from lots of different like yeah. uh, MVC controller handler methods can return yeah. a future and the framework automatically does the right thing there, right? Yeah. This just means now people can take advantage of that. Those yeah. those endpoints can still be Absolutely. used, but now you can call get yourself and it's great. Actually, there are still a lot of discussion about the right patterns to use this uh, structured task to object. I think the right way to use it is probably not to use futures. Okay. Uh, within this object, you have a, a callback method. And every time a task completes, uh, this callback is called within this virtual thread, it's called handle complete. Okay, so yeah, complete, like the task is complete. Takes the future as, a, as an argument. And then you can just analyze this future and to launch a bunch of, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the, example, the classical example I, I like to take is, a, is a, you, 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 know, you, you want to have the quotations for, for travel, for instance, or for whatever. Oh, like a, a cost estimate or something? Yeah, okay. exactly. exactly. And you are querying several servers, and you want to, to get the best. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you just fork every every request to every server is its own task. It's runnable or callable. Right. You just fork them, blah blah blah, and then when under complete is called, you just get the result, accumulate it in some kind of concurrent collection, whatever. And when it's done, when when the join method is called and returned, it means that all the future producer results could be an exception. Then you just take the content of this collection stream it, get the mean, and that's it. That's amazing. That's that's so clean and easy to understand, too. Yeah, that's what I love. That, that, that makes super... There's no callback in this kind of code. Right. Just absolutely no callback. Just, you get it when you get it. Uh, it's, it's blocking, imperative. Yeah. So it means that if you want to, uh, to write unit tests, it's super simple. Right. If you want to, to provide it, we're just providing this. Super simple also. Right. And it's all built on top of virtual threads, so that's also you get also good performances with them. Wow! For your overall, of course, if it if it takes uh, twelve milliseconds to query all your servers, you, yeah. you will not accelerate that. No, because it doesn't depend on your code. It's right? the network night. Exactly, yeah, it's out of your hands. Exactly. The, the only thing is that instead of doing like five tasks at the same time, like this one, yeah, you'll be you'll be able to run five thousand because that, that's the amount of. Uh, <laughs> Performance you can expect free uh, again. How much is Open JDK cost? <laughs> free, just <laughs> amazing. Um, okay, that was there's two. So we talked about three things that they yeah. have. There's the structured con concurrency, concurrency, virtual threads, and and uh, the last one is the scope value, which is a model that is uh, meant to replace uh, thread thread local variables. Okay, so, so why not thread locals? The, the first thing, the first thing that is super important for people to understand is that thread local variables are fully supported by virtual threads. Mm -hmm. Thread local variables are working with virtual threads. So if your application is working as you want, don't touch your thread local variables in your application. Okay. And don't break your code. You don't need to because it's going to work. It's supposed to work. Yeah. If it doesn't, then that's a bug. That's a bug. Exactly. Um, so that, that's the first thing. Now, what, what's the problem with thread local variables? Problem is that the thread local variables, <laughs> that's that's a trick question, actually. <laughs> When, when I have an audience in front of me, which is not exactly the case here, I like to, to, to ask this question. Do you know that there is a remove method on thread local? Yeah. And people are just looking at me. Really? <laughs> so it means that they never create thread locals right. and then never remove them. So the thread local variables share the life cycle of the thread. Right. The thread shares the life cycle of the executor service. Right. And your executive service share the life cycle of your application. Right. So it means that if you never remove your thread local variables, they will stay there 
forever in the thread as long as the thread in is the thread there. absolutely they'll eat up memory and that can be queried by any kind of code right you can call that git later on yeah. exactly so this is not exactly what you want to do right? no. that could be called security breach probably right so the idea of uh, scope values first scope values are immutable where all thread local variables are mutable oh so you can only set them on initialization yeah, exactly okay you cannot modify them, which is probably a good thing. Yes. Second, they share the the the, the, the life cycle. They don't share the life cycle of the thread, and that's why they are not called thread something. You create a scope scope uh, scope variable, and you call a task runnable, uh, which is a runnable. Right. Maybe a callable. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's only a runnable, and when you launch this task, you say, all right, this scope value will have that value. I, I bind that value to this scope value. Okay. And within the context of this task, you will be able to query for this scope value and get the value that has been bound to it. All right. Whatever the thread you're running in, could be main, could be a virtual thread, could be a platform thread. Right. And whatever the method that has been called. So this task is going to call other methods, Spawn other threads, spawn structured task scopes, whatever. Yeah. As long as you are in the context of this method call, you will be able to query the value bound to this scope value, wherever you are. Wow. Okay. So a thread local variable is bound to a thread. Right. And not bound to any method call, whatever. Okay. Whatsoever. A scope value, on the other hand, is bound to a method call, which is a runnable, and not bound to any thread. But I quite like the idea of having it bound to the method. Actually, that seems it because it's it, it, it does that mean it, get, it, it, got, it gets automatically cleaned up at the end of the method invocation? Absolutely. So, Once the method invocation is done, then your scope value is it's, it's clear. So if I have a method and I set the scope value at the start of the method, yeah. But then my method calls another. Am I still able to get access to the outermost? As, as long as you can access to the scope. Scope value stuff, right? You have right. a pointer to the reference itself. Yes. So, it's, if you want to give it access to, to to give the access to from anywhere in your application, maybe it's a public static. Okay. Final stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you get you get the reference to it. You call get on it, and if there is a value bound that has been bound for you in the, the scope value, you will you will get the value stack. Method. Yeah. Okay. The value you you will you will have the value. Amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> I, have, I have some other, I have, I have one other question here. Sure. Do you know if some project, if there is some project or effort to adapt Java to quantum computing? Uh, Don't tell us anything we shouldn't know, but when will we get the Java singularity? But, but first thing, quantum, I think that quantum computing should be a thing. Yeah. For, for now, I think it's more a research thing, a research yeah. project, a set of research projects. Yeah. Um, if you want to simulate the way that quantum, quantum computing is working, I don't know if there, if there are APIs that are able to do that. This is C-sharp. Didn't Microsoft re release a uh, language, Q-sharp or something like that? Maybe. That, that it runs. I'm not, I'm not aware of it. It's, I'm not, I don't know the C-sharp space very well, so I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't tell you that. Yes. But uh, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of simulating uh, creating APIs to simulate the way quantum computing is working. Right. Um, it very interesting time to be alive. It is. It is. It is very interesting time to be alive. I, I never saw any um, 
there are several major breakthroughs that, has, that have already been made. Yeah. Uh, we still need to see applications, what people are going to do with it. Yeah. And for that, it needs to work kind of, I mean, I don't expect to run Windows on the, on the quantum <laughs> computer. I don't think that's the goal. <laughs> I saw an article the other day that basically said, I, I saw an article the other day that said uh, it was kind of, uh, it was a clickbait, but the basic premise is still pretty close to true, which is quantum computing breaks security. You're, you're this security through the security through the uh, safety blanket of you know, uh, SHA or, 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 you know, um, one of these other encodings that becomes, we, we say it would take thousands of years, but quantum it takes could minutes. make it could promises yeah. to, to make it in a few milliseconds. Yeah. Very quick, you know, much yeah. quicker than we thought before. And, and so suddenly this whole field around security based on encryption, all of that looks different now. And I'm like, yeah. well, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's that. Forget the Y two K bug. This is the, you know, the Q bug or whatever. Q, Q crypto. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's something someday. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. I'll just take my project loom for now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I the other thing I'm I'm interested in in Project Panama. Okay. Right. Uh, because I I love, I think Java has done a, an amazing job of making Java as useful as possible for as large and as abundant many use cases uh, as possible, but it is, and it, and it has encouraged people to write Java to get more Java. So if you want to mm -hmm. do something in Java, if it doesn't exist in Java, just write more Java. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other languages, um, and then, by the way, that, that has promoted write once, run anywhere. Yeah. Because most code I write and use in Java is Java. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other languages, they made it trivial. I, I suppose it's a bootstrapping problem. Mm -hmm. They made it trivial to call into native code. So Python, Ruby, uh, C, Go, Rust, all of it. It's just, it's a non-issue yeah. to talk to native code. And um, and so that means that you can easily install a library that doesn't work on your operating system and those other platforms because mm -hmm. it's only using, it's using native code that only works on Linux or whatever. Yeah. So that's not good. I don't, I don't want that for Java, but I do think we now, since our, our, our ecosystem is mature, I want to be able to talk to some of these other native things. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, just, just some on occasion, you know? Imagine what we could do with JavaFX if you could easily integrate with the windowing, uh, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. operating system yeah. uh, widgets, for example. Um, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. And the other thing is uh, Project Panama and, uh, oh, um, like the, the matrix, matrix vector. The vector know. API from yeah. the Project Panama. Yeah, right. Like for, for high highly efficient maths and yeah. uh, and that kind of stuff and you look at machine learning it's becoming a huge thing over in the python world yeah. because they have things like numpy and you know and we the, just, we've kind of sat in the sideline and, the, 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 the machine learning is one of the application one of the applications that that could leverage the the vector api yeah. the vector api from the panama project has nothing to do with Java util vector. Right, no. Which is another super is that. old yeah. <laughs> class. We're not talking about that. No, no. <laughs> okay, in the, in the, in the, at the core of your CPU, there, are, there is actually, a, I, I'm not sure how to call that, a, a CIMD kernel, would, yeah. would it make, or CIMD machine, within the CPU, that is uh, actually not, not used by the JVM as of now. So the, the goal of the, the vector API is actually to leverage the computing power of this syndicate. 
Now, Cindy kernel is about computing things in parallel. Right. Uh, but I mean, not in parallel in a stream API sense, but really it's like you have uh, several register with one value in each register and it's well, these registers are connected to their own um, core, uh, sorry, Again. We, we, we used to call that in French, it was ALU, so it must be UAL in English or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. The, the logic and arithmetic unit that is, actually, yeah, okay. that is actually doing the addition in integers right. or the FPU for floating point, floating point unit. This kind of very low level computing thing. So it has one per set of registers and you can load everything in one go. Okay. Yeah. So if you have eight such registers, you load eight integers in one go in this register. And if you want to add one to them in, yeah. in one, one CPU cycle, you add one to all the eight registers at the same time. Right. So basically, you are gaining a factor of eight in your computing capabilities without relying on constant programming, without relying on any kind, kind of thing like that. So it's really good. Good huge possibilities, power. right? Like it's huge possibilities. So the vector API is actually already working. You can yeah. download it, you can play with it. It's an incubator feature of the JDK. So if you downloaded the, the JDK 20, you have it in the in the JDK. And you I can play with it. So yes, it's interesting. But I think mm -hmm. what people are not understanding is that is how we get for me, to me, mm -hmm. maybe nobody nobody from Oracle has told me this. I'm just hoping that the next step after that is okay, well, we've got the ability to play mm -hmm. well with the low-level uh, hardware, let's build something like NumPy, you know, from the Python community for, for yeah. the that, machine that, learning. That's, and, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can create NumPy without having this kind of possibility, but if you have that, you will have a NumPy that's efficient with, with amazing performance. Right. Well, I mean, the abstract, NumPy is not just the API, right? It's actually native code. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to take advantage of is that yeah. highly efficient process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and they have specialized, this is the other thing, they have separate collections, separate uh, uh, collection types mm -hmm. in Python, in NumPy, that are specifically optimized for working with, like for example, okay. and I would I think with Java, you know, we're so good at keeping the abstraction clean while also swapping out the implementations. Well, actually, if you activate the vector API in your JVM and you try to do a simple for loop and uh, summing the integers in a for loop, right. regular for loop, not not a vector for loop, right? But, you will see that it runs much faster because ah. the C2 compiler can actually leverage the, um, the possibility of the vector API to optimize the code on the fly. So that's that's again fit performance. That's amazing. <laughs> I am excited. Thank you okay. for your, for for you're welcome. The free excitement. This is better than coffee. It's it's a super exciting time, really. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, super great to see all these projects that are slowly pushing new features to the to the JVM to the R platform. Right. And that bring new it's not opportunities. Slow. It's not slow. I that's the other thing is all the project Loom has taken a while, but that's because it's huge. It's huge. It, it does amazing things. Yeah. But we've gotten so much. Every release has been candy for me. Yeah. Something sweet to to eat. Every single one, every six months. It's not slow. It's amazingly fast. Yeah. And and it's not about being slow. I mean Suppose that in three years from now, we have everything that we talked about and we have free stuff and then applications become much more performant and easier to write, test, debug, etc. Right. Uh, will people think about, oh, we had it in May uh, 20 <laughs> or in April or in June? Or... Who cares? I got it. 
that's probably do you, do you remember when we had lambdas now that we, we have 14 yes i do but yeah also, <laughs> but i mean but but what's the what would what would be the what could be the difference now of having lambdas in 2013 or 2015 it makes no difference we'd be the no, same place by then no difference yeah you're right 100 <laughs> i think people enjoyed your time here you thank know? you so much. It, this is a good episode. Look at this. And we got some great comments here. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good to leverage GP computing. Some libraries exist that do that. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> but GPU is not is not on the CPU. No. Well, we are talking about the Cindy kernel of the, the, CPU. the Intel CPU and yeah. the AMD CPU. And do, we should off stream. Do you I saw a thing the other day that apparently there's Minix. You know, remember Minix? Ten Tenenbaum's operating system. And uh, Tannenbaum, he, he did. Minix was like the competitor to Linux 30 years oh, ago. Oh, okay. M I N I X. Okay. Apparently, Intel has that on the Intel chips. Really? Inside okay. the chip. Wow. It's running there for other operations. And it's got like, I don't know, it just seemed very like a big thing that you can't patch, you can't see it, you don't even know it's there, but it's okay. running. Um, okay, so, so we have, uh, let's see. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you got something Thank out you, of Bruno. it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. I'm glad you got something out of it. Thank you, Alexander. <laughs> uh, oh, about the new approach in Valhalla. What do you think about that? Uh, Valhalla. So oh, that. Valhalla is going to be... Valhalla is still a work in progress. I'll be also talking about that tomorrow, by the way. Oh. And uh, if you if you can understand French, we'll be doing a three-hour stop on Valhalla next Wednesday morning at DevOps Friends with uh, Ronnie Fox, with my friend, Maggie. Uh, so Valhalla is going to be probably even bigger than Loom, more complex, yeah, with more impact on performances. On what is day. it? Just so the Valhalla is about not having to choose anymore between a good model and good performances. <laughs> so suppose suppose you are dealing. This is the example I took. I'm going to take. Okay. Uh, suppose you have a bunch of cities and every city has a population and you want to sum all the population of all the cities, wow. right? If you have a, an, an array of cities and cities a record and within the city record, you have a, a population record that is wrapping an int, you will have crappy performances because yeah. you're following one first reference and then a second one, and then you need to unbox the int and to sum it, blah, blah, blah. It's going uh -huh. to be super, super slow to do. Right. So, if you're really in for performances, you say, okay, I'm going to put everything in an array of ints, and then you lose all the readability that a good model brings to you. Right. Because a good model is about having some kind of readable and understandable. Code. Semantically clear. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Valhalla tell you, okay, this population record is going to be a value record. This city record is going to be a value record. And with some kind of more magic that is going to happen to it, the JVM will be able to inline everything wow and basically when you do the computation of the array you can this is this is i, I was working about, about that just uh, two, two hours ago when, you, when, when i bothered you, you. yeah absolutely <laughs> now you didn't but, but uh, okay uh, and you get the same performance when you're summing an array of ints right or the populations from your city objects so behind the scenes it knows not to like it, it can like it, it doesn't need to do a dispatch and crawl the reference no, because, graph. because it's able to inline everything to flatten all your data, to flatten everything. Wow. Um, so if you if you want to learn more about that, you can download the early access version of the the Valhalla uh, project. So it's it's a separate build on JDK. Build, right? Sorry, it's a separate build. It's not in JDK. Yeah, absolutely. It's a separate build. Okay. You need to 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 go to the JDKJava.net. Yeah. 
Voilà, JDK uh, Java.net, and you have all the JVM available, all the JDKs available with the early access version, and you want to download the early access version of that. Okay, you will have a version that has been built back in October or November, I think, maybe okay. December. Six months already. Yeah it's, yeah, it's the LW4 version, and if you're really interested in that, you need to wait for the LW5 version that is not scheduled yet, but that will be published probably in summer. Wow. Some September, something like that. The the team working on Java are I I understand they're very busy. Yeah. So I and I again I'm getting my Christmas gifts early this year <laughs> with Loom. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Take your time, no stress. Please just do it when you can. But if you if they can release it before with Java 21, that'd be great. Yeah. But and again, I, do we have any idea on the scope or timeline of? Valhalla? Oh, oh no. No, no, okay. No, no, no problem. I just want to, I'm not greedy. What, what I'm just telling you is that if you're excited by this project and want to learn more, sure. go put your hands on the early access version. I did a video on the project a few weeks or months or I can't remember when ago on value objects. Uh, I'll probably make another one. Uh, we are going to talk more about that because it's a super exciting project. And when Loom made it live as a, as a, final, right. uh, as a final feature, uh, we, we need to, to find something else to, to talk about, right? So right. Valhalla will be probably. <laughs> I, 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 I know you. You will always have something interesting to talk about. Um, Thank you. I love your... I can't type at an angle. Uh, you have a wonderful... Thank you. ...series of videos. Oh, the Jet Cafe. I love these. Like, this is... Yeah, it's not that old. It, it, but you do these... I try to do it every month. Yeah, I, I'm more on a, on a ten ten per ten episode per year. <laughs> That's fine. Take the summer off. Um, and uh, I, I just read the 18th episode, and it's on the Vector API precisely. So if you're interested in the Vector API, that you may you may want to watch the, the last episode. The, the Jep Cafe, J E P Cafe. If you want to Google it, it's it's a play on word because the Jep is the Java enhancement proposal. Right. That's it. Right. I love it and. This has been so valuable. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's clear you're a teacher. And yes, you know, I did that uh, for basically all my life. <laughs> you're magnificent, really. Uh, it is a privilege to get free education from you. Oh, thank uh, you. And I, I think these are worth people's time. I've Jep Cafe. And uh, I'm I'm not doing, but maybe doing some some live streaming is something that that I should be working on. Yeah, I well, work on in the future. We're doing it now. We are doing it now. Nobody's so, dying. Yeah. Like it's fine, right? We're okay. <laughs> Let's do more. Maybe we don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, of boredom from me, maybe. No, I. Um, you are uh, really Jeb Cafe. Are you on Twitter? You said you're on Twitter. Yes, Jose Poma is my Twitter. So J O S E underscore. No, no underscore. No underscore. So J O S E P A U. But they just Google my name on Twitter. You well, spell it so they can Google it. P Jose G O S E P A U M A R D. Okay, thank That's you. That's a French word name. So, yeah. so this is going to be in the podcast, and people won't have any visuals. They'll just oh, they'll have right. the show notes and whatever. But okay. I just want people to find you. And if if people are really very good at googling stuff, they can also find a series I created just a few months ago, which is called the Cracking the Java Coding Interview. Oh, already, already 42 episodes. 
<laughs> I would so like, you... it's a series of shorts on YouTube. And the gist is that I take uh, some, some kind of frequently asked question for, for in Java coding interviews. And I try to provide a, uh, uh, yes, that's the one. This one? At the bottom. Uh... So short video are one minute in videos. That, that one? This. And uh, so there are there are forty two plus of them, and if you if fantastic, you're, look at that. If you're if you're interested in that, well, if you're already a seasoned Java developer, you probably don't learn much. Well, maybe you will. I will. Maybe, I... maybe you will learn one thing or two. The old stuff that I did, and that's uh, yeah, that, that's the last thing I uh, last new thing I've been doing. And there are two episodes every week that have that are published. Uh, I think it's the Wednesday and Friday. I need to ensure. <clears throat> that's, I will watch those. I... That's, uh, so th these are shorts. It's just one minute for you. In one minute, you don't have much time to. But so here's the thing. I've been, don't tell anybody, hmm? but I don't know if I could get a job doing Java anymore. Right? <laughs> like I, I, I know how to write Java a little bit, you know, but I, I feel like they're, they're, I'm no longer optimized for the interview. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and and it's it takes somebody who's very smart to keep that skill mm -hmm. top of mind because it's not the same, right? It, I know you can write production code. Yeah. But well, uh, I guess so. Well, of course, obviously, but I mean, but the, but to keep to keep these interview questions, to keep those, mm -hmm. and to understand what people are looking for in those answers, that's a skill, and I haven't needed it in more than a decade, mm -hmm. right? Because I've been. Uh, please, I hope this doesn't change, but I'm, I'm happily employed, okay. uh, you know, <laughs> gainfully employed. And this VMware has some news for me that I, I won't mm. like, you know. So uh, this is the kind of stuff where it's very good. It keeps your mind yeah. uh, fresh. And it's also super funny to make. So, Oh, good. As long as I have fun doing that, I will continue doing that. Ah, during the pandemic, Monsieur Pomar has produced in French many courses to explain the Java and the APIs from the beginning. Yes, uh, I also have a... A French YouTube channel. <laughs> José Pomar en français? Oui, absolutely. José Pomar en français. Okay. Uh, with, with the courses I've, I've been given at the university for, for basically 20, 25 years. So there, there are something like 80 hours of videos. But it's in French, right? So uh, Yeah, there's a billion people or more that speak French. So which... A billion people, that may be a lot. But... <laughs> uh, where? Okay. Is it the same? Is it this one? Same channel? Uh, no, it's another channel. Okay. The, 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 if you go there, I, I, I'm not even sure it's it's linked to this one, <laughs> to be honest. You should like, <laughs> what is the name of it? The name is Cours en Ligne, which may, which Cours en Ligne, Cours en maybe Cours en Ligne. Like that? Can, can, you, can you use the search engine if you want yeah. to find it? Google has a search engine? Uh, YouTube has a search engine. Oh, okay. okay. Google, I don't know. YouTube, I know it has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, voila. Okay, I'm going to pay. Ah, this is. Yeah. 100% French content. And they are, they are 80 hours of uh, Java on my courses that you can follow. But th th these are these are really uh, university lectures, right? So, yeah. so it's, it's not necessarily for, for seasoned developers, mostly for. Because... Yeah, but that's the thing. This is valuable, super valuable. Okay. People would pay 
I mean, they do. Obviously, they they pay to go to Sometimes university. Sometimes they don't pay, but yeah. that's on YouTube, so that's free. That's what I'm saying. I, you're giving away very valuable knowledge, and I appreciate yes. it. Hey, the Java community is about sharing, right? So it's, oh, it's yeah. all about sharing. But I mean, I share. It doesn't mean it's any good. Like there's a difference, man. You know, like I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you. Um, thank you so much, everybody who's stuck around. Uh, you are lucky. You got some of the, one of the best people. He's going to give two talks about this at Dev yeah. Nexus, uh, and. You know, you're, you're, you, you should be here. You should be watching that presentation because we don't have enough time to cover everything. Yeah. But, uh, but for those of you who, who joined in, you got a good taste of the future. And I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks to all the, the, the people who followed us. Hopefully, they, they also had coffee at the same time. So that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> coffee and software. I didn't, I, I finished my coffee before we started talking, but I was drinking a coffee when we met. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. We Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as that really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.